Hey guys, and welcome to the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report presented by Great Days Outdoors Magazine, the first podcast to bring you the local fishing report for Alabama's lakes and rivers, whether it's good, bad, or ugly, presented by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. If you hunt or fish Alabama or in the deep south, you know that it's different down here. Spawning seasons, patterns, food sources, they ain't the same down here as in other parts of the country. At Great Days Outdoors Magazine, Southern Outdoors writers pick the brains of the best Southern hunters and anglers and give you the best how-to, where-to, and when-to articles, along with so much, much more. Pick up a Great Days Outdoors Magazine subscription and become a better Southern Outdoorsman. Great Days Outdoors Magazine can be found at your local Barnes & Noble's, Books a Million, Tractor Supply Company, Rule King, Bass Pro Shops, or you can save and buy online at greatdaysoutdoors.com. What's up, guys? I'm your host, Brian Sand. Thank you for joining us today. It is September in Alabama. It really doesn't feel like it yet. And uh, I'll tell you, our Septembers have just about turned into what I remember August used to be in in, in Alabama. September's are kind of warm, but we know that fall isn't far away and the water will be cooling off and the fish will be turning on. So it's an exciting time of the year. Got a lot of rain throughout the state. Had a, had a little hurricane come up through Louisiana and Mississippi and pour a bunch of rain on us here in Alabama. So I'm anxious to see how that's affected the fishing this week. But let's get right to it. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to this segment. We've got a special segment for uh, today. It's going to be exciting to hear about. Love talking to guys like this. So let's get right to it. Mr. Tom Murphy with Dixie Jet Lures. Tom, how are you, sir? Fine, Brian. It's good to be with you guys. I'm looking forward to this. Oh, man. Well, I've been looking forward to it all week. I, I looked at your website earlier uh, last week, and, and man, you, I'm going to let you tell us about it, but you've got some, some fantastic-looking lures, and uh, it looks like, spoons is kind of uh, maybe your big thing right spoons are my only thing that we manufacture i was so pleased fishing with spoons and what you catch because you never know what you're going to catch with a spoon i mean if, if the fish whatever fish it is if it eats shad it will eat a spoon and that's what got me hooked on spoon fishing because it just it, it's easy it's fun and you never know what you get. It's like a box of chocolate. <laughs> like a box of chocolate. Well, let's hear your story. I always love to hear people that have started their own businesses. And and I, I'm an entrepreneur myself, so I love having other entrepreneurs on the show. So just kind of give us some background. Where are you from? And how did you get into the business? Well, you, you'd never think I'd be a bass fisherman because I'm originally from Cheyenne, Wyoming. But I live now in Richland, Missouri, which is just south of the Lake of the Ozarks. Um, I served 25 years in the army and I loved to fish and I used to fish tournaments and I said, man, this fish in these tournaments gets expensive. A guy's got to have some way to make up some money to, to help him with his habit. So I, I investigated and, and I always loved spoon fishing. And there was a company years ago, it was located in Houston, Texas called the Schumacher company. And they used to make a, a, a flutter spoon. It was actually three spoons they made. It was called the flutter spoon, uh, the Dixie Jet flutter spoon, the Dixie Jet bat, and the Dixie Jet sonic. And uh, it was a gentleman who passed away in the late 60s, early 70s. And, and he was at the Shoemaker Com- Schumacher Company, which was a metal fabrication company. 
And on the side, he made a mold and started stamping spoons. And they became a real popular spoon for fishing the flats down in Texas and in Louisiana. And then it made its way up into, into Missouri. And Bull Shoals and Table Rock Lake, uh, they use spoons all the time. He passed away, like I said, in, six, in 69 or 70. And, and when he passed, the Schumacher Company destroyed all the mold. They destroyed everything. Uh, about 12 years ago, I contacted the Schumacher Company, and I asked them if I could bring back the spoon, if they'd have any problem with it. And they said, no, knock yourself out. So we started doing 3D drawings. We had some old spoons that we had found, and uh, we replicated the spoon after several attempts. And uh, we started producing the uh, flutter spoons. And we make flutter spoons in two sizes, a half ounce and a three-quarter. And uh, we have 11 colors that we make the three-quarter ounce uh, spoon in. And the uh, half ounce, we do it in seven colors. Well, that spoon became so popular, I decided, well, let me blow that spoon up and make it a little, little bit bigger because fishing the uh, FLW Acosas on, on uh, Kentucky Lake and Barkley Lake, Stroking Spoons was getting real popular then. And there were guys just smoking everybody by stroking big spoons on ledges down at uh, Kentucky Lake. And I said, man, there's something to this. And I said, my spoon replicates a gizzard chat, which is the primary forge here in Missouri. And I said, I'm just going to take this little spoon and I'm going to start blowing it up in different size increments and see what happens. And it just took off. And fishermen liked it. They were catching big fish. And matter of fact, when you use a big spoon, you have a tendency to lose a lot of fish sometimes. So we came up with a spoon called the Talon Spoon. And that thing is about six and a half inches long. And it's got three treble hooks on it. It's got a treble hook at the bottom. It's got two treble hooks on the side. A bass gets that thing. First thing he's doing, he's shaking his head, trying to get rid of it. But when he shakes his head, that other treble hook normally gets him in the head. (laughs) Now, how long did you say that spoon was? It's about six and a half inches long. Wow. Yep. And it weighs about 1.7 ounces, I guess. Uh, And all our spoons, all our flutter spoons and and the big spoons are all made out of marine grade brass. We don't use tin. We use brass. And brass casts better. It sounds better in the water when it's hitting rocks, cables, trees. Uh, It's just a, a great thing. And then from there, we branched out and we made a, I I decided to make a slab spoon called the Dixie Jet Slab Spoons. And we make that in, uh, well, six colors now. We just came out with a new Table Rock Shad Slab Spoons. And and both, all our spoons have certain applications. The flutter spoons are great for fishing around open water, around docks, submerged timber, you know, bridge pylons, schooling fish. I mean, if you see a schooling batch of fish, you just take this three-quarter ounce flutter spoon in just about any color you want. I prefer the, the silver and the white and the white and chartreuse tip silver back. But you just throw that out there on 10-pound test and you just let it flutter down slowly and you just watch your line. That, that line will twitch and those fish got it. And then we make the slab spoons for when you want to flip inside the dock slips. You always start on the shady sides of the docks and and with this, I throw it on a 6.6 six, uh, medium heavy rod with kind of a fast tip. And what I do is I pitch that on, on 25 pound fluorocarbon or 20 pound fluorocarbon, and you're fishing it where the boat lifts are and the boats are on it. You've got a tight, narrow space of about a foot to eight inches. You flip it back in there as far as you can get it, and you just let it free fall. You don't touch your line at all. 
And as it's going down, a lot of times those fish are submerged about two, three feet underneath that uh, the foam, and they'll see that slab spoon go in there, and that slab spoon will dart left, dart right, and then it kind of points to the bottom, and it just falls like a rock. And those bass, I don't care if it's a spotted bass, a smallmouth bass, or a largemouth, they will turn and they will chase it and they will kill it because it looks like a dying shad to them. And you'll just see your line stop. You may be fishing in 50, 70 foot of water, 170 foot of water. Those fish are there somewhere suspended and they will follow that spoon down and they will absolutely kill it. And then it's game on. Then you got to get them up and uh, you got to get them over all those boat lifts brackets and arms and it, it gets quite uh, testy trying to get them all but uh, it's a lot of fun and that's what uh, caused us to decide to put g-stinger hooks on on them uh, we don't put them on at the factory i always put g-stinger hooks on on my spoons because if you catch a spoon fish there is a there is a ball of of fish down there all of the same size and they are all fighting to get that spoon and the whole school will be coming up, fighting that fish that has that spoon in its mouth, trying to take it away from it. With a G-stinger hook at the top of that spoon, and it's got a little, I use a Gamagatsu G-stinger, it's got a little red tip on the, on the hook itself, but those fish will fight and you will catch doubles with it. And I mean, it's amazing feat. I mean, wow. It's just, it's just so much fun. That is really cool, and I love hearing this, and, and this is educational for me, and I, and I know will be for some of our listeners. You know, spoon fishing when I, you know, coming up when I was younger was one of these things that, well, first of all, nobody did it, and when yeah. somebody did do it, we thought of it as a technique that, you know, you get over a school of fish in some deep water, and you just drop the thing straight down by the boat and literally just we just jigged it up and down in deep water but spoon fishing has kind of made well it hasn't kind of it, it has uh, i can uh, you know we had a caller in last week and uh down in eufaula i mean west point lake and that's all he's fishing with right now is a spoon uh and fishing it different ways than i'd you know just like you're talking about ways that i had not even thought about or or heard that people fish spoons that way yeah. anymore Absolutely. And when I spoon fish, I normally have three rods on the deck with spoons on them. Because what happens is, like I said, you know, once you catch a fish, the whole school will come up and they'll start fighting for it. And, and the fastest in a tournament I've ever had a limit of fish was right at 14 minutes. I, I put a drop in and I was jigging it up and I had a, had a hit. And I was fighting it, and I was fighting the fish, bringing it up to the top. A second fish got hooked on the stinger hook. I brought him up. I swung him into the boat. My co-angler was there taking him off. I reached down, grabbed another spoon, dropped it down in the same place, had a single hit it, brought him up, swung him over the boat. My co-angler got him on hook. I put my next rod down in there, and I had another double. And wow. they were 14 and it took me right at about 14 minutes to catch a limit fish in a tournament on a slab spoon. It was that amazing. is crazy. You yeah. know, the other thing I noticed looking at your website too, is when I, there again, I'm going way back, but when I'm thinking about a spoon, I'm just thinking about a two inch spoon that's silver with a hook on it. I mean, nothing fancy looking at all, but man, you've got some, your spoons are cool looking. I mean, you've got some detail in there. It's not just a, 
it's not just granddaddy spoon that you that you threw anymore uh yeah we just came up with a new one that dixie jet pro series gizzard spoon and it's probably about three three and a quarter inches i guess it weighs 1.35 ounces and we did that one in 11 colors and five of them have a natural shad pattern on it it's a live fish imprint on it uh blue shad we got silver shiner we got all life we got we got we got five different live bait colors and then we painted some of the others to look similar to a lot of crankbaits we got a chartreuse sexy shad we got ghost purple we got an all white we got shattered glass and nickel uh but those spoons are great for bass but the guys that are fishing out offshore on the coast they love to cast those things shore fishing because it weighs 1.3 ounces it's it's uh brass yeah and they can mile in the wind and it's just a good all-around spoon like i said whatever you're fishing for if it eats a bait fish it will eat a spoon and, and that's the next thing I was going to ask you is, is there a certain time of the year that, that you see a spoon produce better than others? I mean, is it, you know, springtime, we all think about fish moving up on the bed We're you know, we're obviously in shallower water. Spring is a little difficult. I mean, I, I have a half ounce flutter spoon and what I do with that in the spring is for the big females that haven't moved onto the beds that are out on that first little drop before they go up onto the, on the bed to spawn, they're just out there cruising back and forth, cruising back and forth. And you can take and parallel the bank out where you're throwing in about 10 foot of water where those big females are. And you just, you know, kind of work that bait almost like a crankbait. I, I throw it out there and I'll take one, real quick crank on my reel and just give it a little pause and then crank it again. You can catch a lot of those, those big females before they go up there and spawn. But spooning season for me really takes place post spawn. I mean, once, once they move out of that shallow stuff and they get into their deep, deeper haunts and they start really feeding and fattening up, that's when it really gets good. And it's good from then all the way through to December and January because you can catch food and fish year round. I mean, it's amazing. And with the electronics today, I mean, my gosh, Garmin electronics in the, in the live scope. I mean, I can see fish under the docks from 40 foot away, 60 foot away. I can see schools of fish from a hundred foot away. And once you find the fish, you can make a long cast with these spoons. You can see the spoon falling down and you just see, I, I've got the grid lines on mine and I can see the depth that the balls of shatter in where the, where the bass are that are behind them. And you can literally follow that spoon all the way down to the depth. Once you get to the depth again, I just point my rod tip at that spoon and I'll take one, two cranks real quick and I'll pause it one, two quick cranks and and when you're going through that, you'll see the whole school of bass move with your bait. It's the coolest thing. I wish I had a camera on it last week when we were doing this. It was it was amazing. And then all of a sudden, one fish will get ticked off enough, and you'll see him go up and take it, and you'll see him swim away. And he's in 10 foot of water. He's heading for the surface. First thing they're doing is going up to bust and jump and throw try to throw the spoon. It's like a video. It's amazing. That is cool. Yeah. That, that would be a lot of fun. But I will tell you, the, the electronics today, you can do so much with it. You can see the fish on the pylons of the bridges. You can see them on the cables coming off the docks. A lot of bass 
like to get on those cables that are holding down those docks and you can just see them suspended around the cable and you just, you can cast to them. You can, you can, you can get over them with a, with a slab spoon and you can vertic- vertically jig them. That's not a problem, but you can spook the fish that way too. Right. So I like, I like to be able to stand off and make my casts and, and do what I've got to do. Well, there's some great looking spoons, man. It's, it's, it's definitely a lot different than some of the stuff I've seen, uh, in the past. Is, is there something that you would like, like put your stamp on that says, okay, this is what makes us different than maybe some other spoons on the market, maybe makes it better? Sure. Uh, uh, number one thing is all our spoons are made in the United States from top to finish. The only thing that's not U.S. made is I use a VMC treble hook, and those come from France. Everything else is 100% made in the USA. Uh, we, we have them assembled up in Isle, Minnesota. They're painted and plated in Isle, Minnesota. They're assembled by the Mennonites in Tunis, Missouri. And then they do all the boxing, and I do all the shipping. I personally ship everything. We've got, uh, I don't know, 76 Best Pro and Cabela's. We've got Tackle Warehouse. We've got, we've got a lot of big box stores, and we're throughout the United States, both freshwater and saltwater. And what makes our spoons neat is, number one, they're made in America with American pride. Number two, they're made with marine-grade brass. Now, our slab spoons are made with, with lead, and there's no way to get around that. But those are made down in Mount Home, Arkansas, and they do a great, great job on my spoons down there. The hook we put on them, we use a, a large uh, number two treble hook, a VMC treble hook on them. Uh, we've got quality split rings and barrels on them, and uh, it's just uh, it's it's a quality spoon. You know, it, it costs a little bit more than some of the other spoons that are out there. But what you're doing when you buy a Dixie Jet spoon is we're keeping jobs in America and producing a quality product for the fishermen that want it. Yeah, and you get what you pay for, right? I mean, exactly. It's- you get what you pay for. And, 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 and like you said, there's a lot to be said for American pride and, and, and American made products. Yeah. That is really cool, man. I love the story. I love what you've done with it. Obviously it's very successful and obviously it catches fish or it wouldn't be uh, as successful as it, as, as it's been. You know, we went out the other day and, and we were shooting this uh, uh, article that we were writing for uh, uh, Bass Resource and uh we caught walleye, we caught crappie, we caught bluegill, we snagged bluegill, but we had largemouth, smallmouth, and we had spotted bass, and it was all done on Table Rock, and, and we went out at 6.30 in the morning, we were done shooting at 10 after 8, and we had, you know, limit of fish and quality fish that we did the article with, so it, it's really a fun bait to fish, it's, it's, just, it's just so much fun, because the fish just can't resist it. I mean, it they seems- just can't stand it. Nope. They can't. How often do it's you like, uh, like chocolate? <laughs> they can't stand it. How weedless is it? Or, I mean, do you, is it hard to fish in thicker, uh, like through, through, yeah. through lay downs and it timber is. and well, and- timber, it's not because the weight of the spoon, if, if you get it in timber, you can normally shake it out of there, but you do have to go in there and, and play with it, which you're going to kind of ruin the area for a little bit. But timber, you know, we fish in table rock all the time. And what I do is, you know, I'm sitting out 50, 60 foot of water and I'm throwing into about 
25 or 30 foot of water where the timber is submerged down the cedar trees and everything are, mm-hmm. are down about 10, 15 feet below that. And uh, we just throw it right out in the middle of that stuff and we start rifting it through there. And let me tell you, you get hung up, but you can shake it off. You can shake it off there because that weight of that brass, as you're flipping your rod back and forth, it will wiggle it out. So it's, it's not bad. But as far as grass and hydrilla, lily pads, no, I love you for doing it because it just means I'm going to get more spoon sales, but you're right. going to lose it, dude. You're going to lose you know, it. Man. Yeah. Now what we're trying to do and, and, and what we're looking at is for ICAST next year is we're looking at a couple other alternatives for new spoons. And one of them is I'm looking at trying to come up with a weedless spoon. I'm coming up, trying to come up with a weedless spoon and I'm trying to come up with a good trout spoon. So we're, we're working on that and there'll be more to come on that, but it's uh, it's still a ways away. Well, that's an exciting product, man, an exciting company. And, and uh, man, I'm so glad you were able to join us on here today and talk about it uh, because spoon fishing is, is literally, I'm, I'm, we've got more and more fishermen calling in talking about spoon fishing than we've ever had. So I know it's something that people are doing and something that people's going to be interested in. If they're not familiar with, with your company and, and your spoon in the Dixie Jet Lures, then I bet they'll get interested when they hear this segment. So I'm glad you were on here. But, you know, one of the things I always do before I let our contributors that call in go is I always want them to give us a tip of the week. And and a lot of times, you know, they'll give us a tip for a certain lake and what the fish are doing right now. But, man, I would love to get a tip of the week for you for just spoon fishing this time of year, maybe which one to use and how to fish it. Okay. Number one, never fish a spoon on a cloudy day uh, because those fish aren't around the docks. Uh, They may school and you can catch them on it, but it's always better to spoon fish when you've got sunshine. Number two is on my slab spoons, it comes with a barrel swivel. I'll give you a tip. First thing I do is I cut my barrel swivel off, believe it or not. I want that thing to, to, to cause my line to spin. I cut that barrel swivel off and I put on a G-stinger hook, a one-aught G-stinger hook. And what I do is as I throw it in in the the, the, uh, slips and it's going to the bottom. Once it hits the bottom, if I don't get a strike, I start jerking it up and I pause it. I jerk it up and I pause it. And what happens is when I pause it, because it's, it's so twisted in the line, that spoon sits there and it starts unwinding while it's sitting there in the water, slowly unwinds. And for some reason, it drives those bats bass nuts and they will hit it while it's just sitting there unspinning so you know you almost need to have a dedicated rod because your your line is going to get twisted and again i use 20 25 pound cigar fluorocarbon some people like braid i just prefer fluorocarbon but i take that barrel swivel off and i always fish just start with the shady sides of the docks and then and i never start fishing unless i have at least 20 foot of water below me and then I don't care if it goes out to a thousand feet, you know, those fish will be suspended somewhere under that dock. And it's normally 30, 40, 50 feet. I've caught fish as deep as 70 feet before in table rock with my spoons. That's a good tip. Yeah. And the sunny day, that's a good tip as well. So thank you for that. Well, look, give us your website and give us, you know, and where can people buy these spoons and go to check out sure. your products? Sure. Our website is uh, www.dixiejetlures.com. In there, we have a store locator where we're currently being sold. 
like I said, we're being sold in about, uh, I'd say 74, 75 Bass Pro and Cabela's throughout the United States. We've got several mom and pop stores and we're getting ready to sign up with Everest, which is going to be like the next uh, Amazon. Very familiar with them. Yep. And we we are putting our spoons on there as we speak. They're photographing and getting it all ready to go. But visit us on our website. We we ship directly from the website. And like I said, if you order from the website, I'm the guy that's packaging it up and uh, we'll get it to you. We normally have a one day turnaround. If we get that order one day, it goes out normally the next day, unless there's some mitigating circumstances. And then it might be, you know, two days or depending on when the post office picks up. But uh, love to have your business. Uh, love to have your feedback on the website. We're currently doing some things with our website. We're changing it around a little bit. Um, and you'll see some changes coming in the next uh, month or so. Man, but, that's, uh, we welcome business. That's great stuff, Tom. I appreciate it, man, and loved having you on here, guys. We'll post it on our uh, on our social media accounts and post it on the on the podcast. But it's uh, y'all go check out Dixie Jet J E T Dixie Jet Lures, and I think you'll like what you see, Tom. We hey, appreciate Brian, it. Yes, sir. Can I say one other thing? Mm-hmm. Um, if you go to YouTube channel, uh, I've got a, an older, how to fish a Dixie jet spoon on table rock lakes. That's what it's called. How to fish a Dixie jet spoon on table rock lake. It was done like six years ago, but it, it shows these schools of fish coming up and it shows you how to work the docks and the slips and stuff like that. I think you'll find it very entertaining. And it also shows you how, to, how we fizz those deep fish through the mouth. Uh, to relieve the uh, pressure from the bladder. So, yeah, absolutely. I'll definitely go check that out. Thanks for, thanks for putting that in there. Good stuff, man. Well, look, I look forward to having you back on again sometime soon and, uh, and, and, and kind of update us on, on what's going on in the, in the spoon world and, and uh, the changes that you guys may have or new products that you may have coming out. But, um, Guys, go check them out, Dixie Jet Lures. I think you'll be happy when you do. Tom, we appreciate it, man. It's been awesome having you on, and uh, look forward to having you on again sometime, brother. Brian, I I look forward to it. Anytime you need to call me up, I'm always available for you guys. Thank you. Good deal. Thank you, Tom. All right, guys, let's take a quick break and hear from one of our sponsors. We'll be back shortly. Photonist Defense is proud to offer the PD Pro line of night vision systems. The PD Pro Series is the world's smallest and lightest night vision goggles built around the Photonist 16mm filmless 4G image intensifier tubes and our hybrid filmless 18mm image intensifier tubes. These ultralight, ultra-compact night vision systems deliver the cleanest image, best resolution, smallest, most transparent halo, and best overall performance and function of any night vision system available. The PD Pro line consists of the PD Pro M 16mm monocular, the PD Pro B 16mm binocular, and the PD Pro Q panoramic night vision system. Photonist Defense, Masters of Darkness. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. What an awesome segment, man. That is this spoon fishing thing is taking off and, and, uh, man, y'all go on and and check out the website, man, it's some good looking products on there, but let's get to our second segment. So glad to have my buddy, Brad Whitehead back on here. Brad, how are you doing, man? Man, I am lovely. I feel like I have been in another country, not being able to talk to you, but we have been tied up family tournaments 
and I am so glad to be back here to to give a North Alabama fishing report today. Well, and and those things are important, man. We got to take time for that. And uh, you are, I know you a family man and spend a lot of time with your son and he's, he's doing well in his fishing. And uh, so you're highly involved with that. And uh, so those things are, are, are all worth it for sure. And, uh, but I, I have missed having you on here. I ain't going to lie. So I'm glad to have you back, buddy. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. I sure do. Yeah, man, it was cool segment we just had on here talking about talking about spoons with with uh dixie jet lure company uh and the owner of that man do y'all fish a lot of spoons and gunners we do we actually spend uh uh fish a lot of them here on pickwick uh my son is absolutely he is not gonna go especially in the summertime he is not going to go to the lake unless he's got a box of spoons. And I heard a little bit of the conversation that you guys were having. And, um, you know, I had one of the guys tell my son one time, uh, actually David Allen, I, I think he's been on, on your show a couple oh, yeah. of times, you know, a fish don't have a mirror. So that's the reason you can take a big spoon like what he's producing and you can catch a 12 inch fish or you can catch a six, seven pound fish. So, you know, that those spoons, they are unbelievable. I've actually watched my son get in, get in our pool and look at it as, as those spoons are falling. And I mean, you can't get much better than, than a spoon on the Tennessee river. I'm going to tell you, it's hard to beat. That's good stuff, man. And that's, a, that's, I've never done it. And, uh, we need to, we need to get together and do one of those trips, man. That would be a lot of fun. Yeah. They cover a lot of water, you know, cover a say, lot what, of water. What, yeah. It's so much water. I mean that that is the that is the grand thing about it. When you when you put it out there, it is a little work to it, but the reward that you get with a big fish, and normally normally you're gonna catch that. You know, if you're fishing a certain area, you're gonna catch a big fish on that spoon. So uh, it's uh, that that's a great product he's got. I mean, yeah. absolutely a great product. Yeah, we we're excited to have him on here, man. Look forward to look forward to hearing more out of him, but. You, I mean, I know it's about smallmouth time for your live bait. You do a lot of that. That's coming up. I mean, that's September is kind of when you start that, right? It is. But let me tell you something. These crappie, I know I've told you I hadn't been a lot, but I have slipped off several times. And I'm going to tell you, these crappie this summer has been on fire and they haven't stopped. We just got about three inches of rain with this storm coming through. And I don't think it's going to mess them up a whole bunch, but. I went Saturday morning and I had a limit by 825 and it's unbelievable. I mean, it is unbelievable. Uh, the setup that I've got, uh, that I'm using now is, you know, it's been the ticket. If you want me to share the secret, I'll do it. Well, you know, I'm going to ask you, you know, I'm going to ask (laughs) Well, I'm going to go ahead and get it out before you, uh, you question me, but it's been real. It's a simple setup. Uh, you know, you see a lot of guys trolling in the summertime. One of the biggest setups or one of the biggest keys to this catching these fish is being there at daylight. I mean, as soon as it breaks daylight and you don't have to have lights on your boat to get to your spot, your first four hours has been real critical, you know, and, and it looks kind of silly. You know, people's used to seeing me in this war eagle side pulling boat with a little bit shorter rods, but we're using a 12-foot B&M duck commander rod. Uh, it's a rod that actually the duck guys out of Louisiana designed several years ago. 
and the action and the sensitivity that this rod got it this rod has is really it's really the key to the whole thing if you want to know the truth so um what does that extra pound, length of that rod i mean what does that do for you when well you're, when it you're gets away from the boat it mm-hmm. gets it away from the boat and you're able to see it if it's way out in front of you your peripheral your your vision of looking at your depth finder and having those rods four or five feet in front of you i've got the rods laid down i don't touch them i have them laid down on the side of the boat and basically what i'm doing i put out structure over the last couple of years and i'm taking i've got eight pound vicious line i'm using a split shot and i'm i'm using two key baits one of them is a is a charlie brewer it's a double action minna i helped design it a couple of years ago it's a little bit bigger it's a two and an eighth inch slider you know most of them when you think of slider you think of small crappie the 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 the, the smaller brand of the crop uh sliders i'll spit it out here in a minute but this is a bigger one and the crappie magnet that has been the two key lures that we've been using and it's really slowing it's not trolling you're literally coming over the structure and you're just stopping the boat and you're putting it in their face and you're going to know within a minute if these fish are going to bite or not and you know it's slowing down their metabolism is just like mine and yours you know how it is you go out there and cut the grass, especially if you got to push it. As soon as you get done, what are you going to do? You're going to sit down and you're not going to move for a little That's while. Right. So these crappie, they're slow. And they just want something in their face that they don't have to go far to chase. And this is kind of mimic. It mimics this, and it has been super, super successful. So summer. you're trolling really up has. to the, you're trolling up to, the, to where the, you're seeing the crappie, you, you got them on your electronics, yep. you're trolling up to them and then you're just stopping and letting that just lure stop. just slowly fall down and drop yes. down in front. Yes. It's so natural. You know, Saturday morning I had four on, I was using four rods cause I was by myself. You know, I had four on at one time and that happened continuously. One of the reasons I like doing this is because you don't have to deal with live bait. You don't have to buy it. As a guide, mm. the, you, you don't have to buy that $20 pound of Tuffies. Right. So it's been really, really fun this year. Uh, I've gone several times by myself as a crappie guide. You don't get very many opportunities to put fish no. in, the, in the freezer. So my wife gets on these kicks every now and then about, hey, you know, why don't you have any fish in the freezer? <laughs> we so need I some go fish. a couple of times. <laughs> yeah, we need some fish. So I'll go a couple of times. Uh, I, I actually carried Nathan one morning with me. He wanted to go. He ended up catching a four and a half pound largemouth with this technique. So that got him fired up. It's really simple. You you can move around easy. Like I said, you don't have to deal with live bait. The B and M rod that has been the key to this because of the way it's designed. Well, talk B&M. to me a little bit about that because I'm curious about it, and I know our listeners will be. So what is special about it? It's the action on it. It's it's the way it's designed. One thing about B&M, they've been around for 70 years, okay? They've been in the panfish business, all right? For 70 years, that's a long time to build rods. So when you go and look at a B&M rod, one of the biggest questions I have is, hey, which one do I need to buy? There's 200 in their catalog. You pick the one that fits the way you're going to fish because it's been designed by somebody that's had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours on the water. 
And that's one thing dealing with a family owned and operated company, especially as a guide, you can go to them and say, Hey, I got a rod that I got in mind. Well, what are we going to do with it? Well, we're going to do this and do this. And that's basically what the duck guys did. Uh, the Robertsons come together and worked out a deal with B&M of designing their style of rods. You know, a lot of people think, well, you know, they're just doing that and putting their name on, on a rod to make money. No, no. They wanted a certain rod that they use in Louisiana, which is this one. And, you know, it's got stainless steel eyes on it. So what that means for the consumer, when you buy this rod, you don't have to worry about the eyes busting out on it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, and it's also got one foot increments. It's got a piece of yellow. It looks like yellow tape and it's one foot increments. And what that allows you to do is to count off. Let's say we're in 12 foot of water. Well, you know exactly how much 12 feet is because we got one foot increments that we can pull to. It's very easy, very, very easy to do. So when you're looking for a rod, go and look and look at the reviews and, and go online and look at what the guides are using for that particular kind of style of fishing. Mm-hmm. You got crankbait, you got vertical jigging, you got trolling, you got power trolling. You've got this new live scope. Uh, they've got a new live, uh, live scope rod out called the stick. It's 13 feet long. Okay. It's built for that style of fishing. So that's one of the great things. You know, I wanted a bigger slider, you know, with, with Charlie Brewer's. I, I wanted something bigger just because I thought fish would hit a bigger lure. Well, guess what? They come out with it and it's sold. It's been, it's been a really good, it's done really good because what I can do in North Alabama, most of the time, the guys in Arkansas, That's Georgia, right. Louisiana, North Carolina, yep. you know, they can do it. People think a lot of times, you know, when they see sponsorships and whatnot, I'm going to tell you, 99.9% of the guides that are on the water every day that's fishing is not going to have a product that they can't show you in the boat. That they're not if using they're and believe it, in. Yeah. That's 100% because, I mean, what's the point in having something in your rod box if you're not going to use it? Yeah. So a guy told me that, a professional angler told me that years ago. He said, Brad, remember one thing. I don't care what it is, how much money's involved, whatever. If you can't show your club, uh, customer or client how to use something that you're promoting, you don't need to be promoting. And that, I'm going to tell you, it stuck with me for the last 20 years, and he was right. And it, so, yeah, yeah, and it pays off. Yeah, because you don't want to – well, if, if you take one of those products that you maybe don't believe in just because they're paying you to do it, then it's going to end up making you look bad at the end of the day anyway. And, and, and it does affect your reputation and your fishing. So you're right. It's, it's not worth it. You know, there's, there's too many good products out there. Yes. And that's one thing. Uh, and I've had customers ask me, you know, Hey, why hadn't you said anything about this or said anything about this product? I said, did you get in this boat for me to give you a lecture or (laughs) seminar on what we're using? And they would be like, well, well, no. I said, then I don't have, I let it speak for itself. Okay. If, if we're going side pulling, we're going to have a B&M difference rod. Okay. It was designed for side pulling. If we're doing this dead sticking, what we're calling now, we're going to have a B&M duck commander. Okay. For vertical jigging, we're going to have what they call a BGJP, which is a buck scrapite jig pole. You've got a pole or a lure that is designed for every kind of style of fishing that you want to do. So, you know, 
I'm not going to lecture you when we're catching fish. Now, if we're having a bad day, I might tell you a little more about <laughs> it to, to keep your interest. But uh, I'm going to let know, it speak for itself is, otherwise. That's right. Yeah, we're going to yeah, catch yeah. fish and then you're going to believe me. But, I, you know, at the end of the day, when you get a guide, if you're looking to get a guide, he don't need to give you a seminar while he's in the boat. Okay. He needs to put fish in the boat. He needs to keep you moving. And his equipment will speak for itself. That's right. Yeah, that's great. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. Well, man, I, I, I'm just glad that I'm glad to hear you catching a lot of fish. That's uh, that's encouraging right there for the crappie fishermen that listen, you know, because this time of the year sometimes is a struggle for crappie guys uh, at times. Uh, because like you said, that's like anything else. They, they hot. They, they don't want to put out a lot of energy, but it sounds like you got a system to get them in the boat. How deep are these fish, Brad, this time of year? My boat normally, uh, the last two months I've been sitting in anywhere from about 17 to 18 foot. Most of the, most of the, uh, uh, the fish that we've been catching is in that 12 to 14 foot range. A lot of these lakes, and I'm sure you've heard it. I'm sure I'm sure some of these other guides has talked about the thermocline. Oh yeah. Um, if you, and to make it really simple for people that's listening to this, if you've ever jumped off a boat or jumped off a pier and you went down and you went from warm water and then all of a sudden you hit cold water, that's your thermocline. That's your thermocline. Okay. That's your thermocline. And you know, do you want to set in 85 degree water temperature or do you want to set in 76 to 74 you know most of your fish are going to be in that thermocline and you know i tell guys if you are fishing with live bait if you put a minnow on and drop it down and you reel that minnow up within five minutes and it's dead you're below the thermocline because if it'll kill that minnow it'll mm. kill that fish oh and, and that's a great tip and you know we've had norman you know we have uh, norman the owner of southeastern pond management on at least once a month for a, a segment. And, you know, I know it's, it, it's sometimes different in the big lakes. A lot of them don't get thermoclines till later and, and it may be deeper, but when he's talking about, you know, even your five acre, 10 acre, 15 acre private lakes, he's like, Brian, the thing people don't understand and that they need to realize because they, they want, they want a lake that's deep. They want us to build them a lake that's got 30 foot of water in it. And they want to start, and that's all good and fine. But in the summertime, when there's a thermocline, and if that thermocline is at five foot, which is basically what it is in most form, farm ponds, it gets that, they ain't nothing. There's no need to even fish below it because the bait yep. fish can't survive below it. So that's wasted water. Uh, well, one, one of the keys, too that's been for this summer is to use your electronics. Uh, me personally, it, it's not a plug for hummingbird. I've used hummingbird for the last 20 years. I turn on my side scan and I look for bait fish and you, you see the depth of those bait fish. 99% of the time, your crappie's going to be within a foot below your bait fish. Coming um, up to hit them. Crappie don't, that's exactly right. Crappie don't feed going down. They feed coming up. Their eyes are positioned on top of their head. So the only thing that pushes your bait and your fish down is weather. Normally on cloudy days, they're shallower. On sunny days, they're deeper. Basically, if you walk outside and you have to put on sunglasses, those fish are just like that. They don't have eyelids. 
They've got to get below that penetration of light in that lake. So therefore, a muddy lake, the fish will stay shallower. A clear lake, they're going to get a little bit deeper because they that light will penetrate through the color of that water. Man, that's good so, stuff. That's good info, Brad. That's why I love having you on here, brother. Hey, man, I've been saving it up. I've been ready to get back <laughs> on. <laughs> I I've been saving it up. Hey, you always got it, man. You always got it. Well, look, before I let you get out of here, you know I got to have a tip of the week. Somebody's coming up to Pickwick, Tennessee River Chain. What's your tip of the week for some crappie fishing? Well, uh, it's, it's really simple. Put your boat in, find some shallow bays, shallow sloughs. Uh, look for your bait. If you can find the bait, you'll be able to find some cropping. Now, if it's got some structure mixed in with it, that's just a bonus. But some of these fish we've been catching now, they they have been off the structure. They've been under the bait. So the biggest thing, know your electronics. Think outside the box. Not every fish are going to be in 25 to 30 foot of water. So, you know, check check all depths. And I can almost guarantee if you find several schools of bait fish, you're going to find some crappie. So um, it's it's really that simple. Sometimes I think in our mind, we make fishing a lot harder than what it is. And if you go back to your roots and just kind of think of how the whole fishing ecosystem works, you will uh, you'll find out you'll catch a whole lot more fish. Man, that's good. That's good stuff, guys. If y'all are listening, I think you know. If you're one of the listeners to the show, and especially if you're a crappie fisherman and you call brad and and book a trip with him his knowledge is unbelievable uh with with catching crappie and if if it's something you want to to come up there and just catch a mess of crappie great if you want to come up there and learn i can't think of anybody that i could send it to that would be better than brad so brad if, if somebody wants to contact you what's the best way for them to do that well i appreciate those kind words it's really simple you can find me on Facebook or Instagram simply under Brad Whitehead or Brad Whitehead Fishing, or you can call me at 256-483-0834. And I will tell you this, you book a trip with me, I will be in touch with you three days prior. I'll let you know how the bite is, how the weather conditions are, and we go from there. I'm a little bit different than some of these other guides. When you come, especially if your first time up here, I want it to try to be as perfect as possible. I'm not a miracle worker or a magician on catching them, but I'm going to let you know what's going on. And, you know, I had a guy yesterday, uh, I walked into a store and I was trying to look for a guy and I said my name and a guy comes up to me and he says, Hey, would you take me to so-and-so lake? I said, no, sir. (laughs) I said, I haven't been up there. I said, I would love to take your money, but at the end of the day, you got to get out of my boat. And if I haven't been up there as a, as a, as a guide to me, I'm not giving you 100% of what you're paying for. You know, that's the way most of the guides here on the Tennessee river work, you know, they're great guys and they're going to tell you, Hey, this is what we're doing. And if they tell you don't come, do not come. Then don't so, come. Uh, yeah. You know, don't come. I mean, if they tell you to come on, you better have your bags packed and ready to go. But most of the guides, especially the ones that, that I work with up here, they're going to tell you the truth because they love catching fish as much as you do. And as I tell some, you didn't come up here for a boat ride. You come up here for a fishing trip. So that's what I want to do. We want to catch fish. 
Yeah, and that we word do. of mouth and those happy customers that catch fish mean everything. So, uh, yeah, that's yes, sir. That's that's all you can do, man. And that's good fishing good. reports on and good fishing reports now. <laughs> that's right, and good fishing reports. <laughs> yeah, we got to have good fishing so, reports. I mean, we'll report the yeah. good, the bad, and the ugly, but we sure yep. enjoy uh, the good reports uh, a lot more than the ugly ones. But the, we get them sometimes too. Sometimes it's just that way. Well, you said that in the beginning when you started this, and uh, you know, not every fishing day is that 70, 80 a day. You're going to have days that are slow, but there's nothing we can do about it. If you got a guy that has moved, 10, 12, 15, 20 times to try to put you on a fish. You got to understand when you're dealing with mother nature, it's not, it's like no other job. You're not hitting a time clock. You're hitting against mother nature and she's trying to keep you from taking her fish, her wildlife. She's throwing yep. stuff at you all the time. And that's just, that's, that's the life of a guide. And my hat's off to these guys that, that do this every single day. So yeah. they know. So, they know, um, and it's tough. And 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 with the podcast, you know, that's we we're just trying to bring knowledge and information so that people can go out there and have the best possible chance to put fish in the boat on, on, at a certain time period. And that's why we, when we record it, you know, this ain't you're not listening to the stuff. Our podcast comes out two days after we record it because we want real time information where if somebody's coming fishing that weekend. They know before they come up there, maybe it's not a great weekend to come, but fishing's down, nobody's catching anything, or maybe, hey, look, I need to get on up there a day early. They're tearing them up, and here's how they're doing yeah. it. Um, so it's a tool, and, um, yeah. man, we appreciate I, it. Uh, I appreciate you letting me get back on here. I'm excited about this upcoming year now. I'm not going to get in depth, but you know what's coming up that we can talk about next time. Oh yeah, I know so what's close. coming up. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I need speaking of coming up, I need to be coming up to be a part of that. So we'll talk about that <laughs> later. All right, Brad, that I appreciate good, man. it, man. Always, always a pleasure, buddy. Thank you. Yes, sir. Talk to you I'll, soon. Talk to you soon. All right, All right guys, yes, that's going to wrap up another great segment. Y'all take a minute to check out some of the businesses that keep this show free for you. BNM Pole Company is the leading manufacturer of crappie poles in the world today. Their product line has evolved to include top quality gear for anglers who fish for more than panfish, including their Sam Super Salt Series designed for shallow water fishing for trout and redfish. These rods will deliver everything you need to catch these inshore fish at a great price. The genuine Portuguese cork handle feels great in your hand, and the exposed blank touch system will add unbelievable sensitivity. Stainless guys are durable and flow smoothly check out their whole lineup at bnmpoles.com all right welcome back guys let's get right to segment three always love to hear what's going on in west point and lake eufaula and uh i love hearing it from our next guest ken bearden ken how you doing sir i'm doing good today thank good, you good man me. man we just uh hey i just trying to honestly trying to stay in this ac just a little bit the last couple of days man it got hot out there yeah it's been brutal <laughs> yeah we had to go early and by 11 o'clock we go you know get under the bridge and uh they've had so much rain north of us that they've been continuously letting the water flow through so a lot of fish been schooling around the bridges so you get in that shade on that bridge and you're okay you know but uh, especially if there's a little bit of breeze. Shoot, yeah. But, um, 
Yeah, Dude, when when you're morning. fishing a bridge like that, and I didn't mean to cut you off, but you you, you when, when uh-huh. I'm thinking about when you're fishing bridge pylons under bridge, are you mainly focusing on where the shade is uh, to where the fish are, or do those fish tend to are, are you on the they stack up like on the downstream? uh side of the pylon like behind the pylon or in front or is there a specific area that they kind of congregate or that you target yeah now there's always going to be some that follow the, the the shade throughout the day but if they're if they're got if there's water flowing if there's current you're going to have like your crappy and your brim and your shad uh, they'll get behind the columns and you'll have some bass and hybrids and what you know, striper or whatever. Most of the time there's not very many stripers, a uh, few hybrids, but most of the time it's bass and crappy. And um, they'll swipe in, you know, and eat some of those that are weaker, smaller fish that are trying to get out of the current uh, behind the columns. Um, if it's not too strong, it, uh, my bigger fish always come off the front of the pylon they like i guess if they get it just in the right little spot the water just flows around them and they can you know kind of sit there and then the other spot is right on the inside where it kind of makes it like a little eddy where it's coming around that column Mm -hmm. you right he can get right up next to the side of the column and so anything that washes by he can dart out and get it most time when I pull up to a column, I'll have me and my, my whoever's with me, you know, throw a, a top water up there first. And a lot of times that a, you'll catch a good one right off. And then you'll have some, you may catch three, two or three or maybe four. Then they'll kind of like get on to what's happening there. They don't, they won't touch it, but they'll come up and slap at it. And that'll kind of tell me where they're laying at, because depending on how how strong the current is, they they might not be the bass might not be right up against it. They may be ten feet, twenty feet out from it, and a lot of times they'll come up and just splash at it, and they may they may be ten or fifteen feet away from the column, just hovering out there, you know. So you you kind of got to figure that out you know i mean there are there are key places in front and behind and on that side that fish will lay there the fish that are hungry waiting for something to come by and then you got fish that are just kind of in in the idle mode you know and he may be out there 10 or 15 feet away from the column and it could be a whole school of them there you know but usually i normally start off with the top water just to see, you know, catch that active fish first, the aggressive one, and then we'll we'll swap to a jigging spoon, just a half ounce, and let it flutter down because most of your shad are kind of small right now. They like to eat, eat these hatched out shad, the ones that hatched out this past at the beginning of the summer, mm-hmm. which are about a little over it inch inch and a half long that they, they love to eat those so that small spoon will catch catch a lot of fish and 
I mean, it, it'd catch big ones too. I've caught seven, eight pounders on it. I had, I took a guy out, well, he was a veteran, just moved here and showed him how to use the spoon. And then he had a buddy come down with his boat and they went out and his buddy was throwing the big spoon, you know, like the, you would use at Gunnersville or somewhere. And he was wearing him out. And the guy with the big spoon couldn't catch anything. And he kept telling me, man, <laughs> you know, I've been out. I've been out with a guy here that knows his way. He, he knew what he knows what he's talking about. And so finally, they both had the small spoon on and both were catching fish the rest of the day. But Are you fishing that spoon? Are they fishing it? Is it a vertical? How are you fishing it? What kind of, uh, I guess it depends on what you're fishing around, but. Yeah. Uh, like I, this bridge pylon, some of your bridges, have a crossbar a support beam which is normally going to be 10 to 15 feet down under the water and so a lot of fish like to get around that support beam and you you need to use your side image and idle by it first and look and see if it has a support beam and if it is i mean you'll normally see fish around it but so i'll pitch it up there right behind the column and let it go down and land on top of that support beam I'll just hop it and hop it and hop it till it falls off, and then I'll just hold it and let it swing back to me. Another, another, and then I throw it out in front of the column, column, and let it. I don't let it go to the bottom. Most time these fish are twelve foot or less, so I, I pitch it up there and I, I free spool it down about ten feet, and I put my thumb on it and kind of just jerk it a couple of times and then I free spose on down four or five more feet and then I click my reel handle and then just pick up and let it fall and pick up, let it fall until I feel like it's so far away from the column that I, I just repeat the same thing. Um, you know, I had this veteran I took the other day, he, he would just throw it and just wind it back, you know? Yeah. And I've learned that this, you know, not overcoach them because people will catch fish in ways that you don't normally think fish about. I mean, it's crazy. Uh, I, I learned that teaching a lot of high school kids. They, they'd tie, tie on the craziest things, you know. And I'd like, I'd be like, don't throw that, you know. Do this, you know, do that. And they'd be like, well, I'm going to try it for a minute anyway. And, and they'd end up catching fish, you know. <laughs> I was like, I've learned to let them try what it is they want to try first. And so it's better than I had the other day. He was just cast it out and just slowly wind it back. And he caught fish all day long. I mean, I even went in a pocket, uh, came up the river and went inside a pocket. And, now, and I'm fishing around the bank, you know, throwing up there and just a couple, like one foot of water. And, and I'm throwing the top water. And he's pitching that spoon over there, and I'm thinking that. And this is, <laughs> that's not the appropriate place to be fishing the spoon, you know? Right. And and he catches like a three-pound largemouth, you know, behind me. <laughs> so, you know. You never know. Um, no, you can't, you, you know. And you just can't predict everything a fish is going to do. I mean, you have your ideas and you have your skills and what you've learned in the past, but you still don't never know everything about fishing. Yeah, that's, that, that is for sure. 
what are the other ways that you're you're catching fish right now? Are the are the fish still on the ledges at all there, or are they they move back or up a little shallower, or uh, kind of what's the other approach where you're catching them? Well, they're they're kind of moving into the creeks. Your first structure or first big point or anything like I, I just pulled into this. I saw where you had texted me earlier so i pulled in to this cove here where there's a boat ramp and i just pulled over to sit here and talk to you and and while i'm sitting here they came up schooling out in the middle of this pocket but that's what we we've been doing is is they've been schooling in the mornings from about eight o'clock up to about 11 um and you can catch them on the top water you grill that spoon through them um several different ways uh, a small small crankbait so i've been doing that down the lake you know and i've just i just pulled into this ramp here to to, to get back in in contact with you and i see up the river up here they're they're doing the same thing there they're coming into the pockets i mean it's you know we're getting close to september and september and october is when they feed up for winter time you know yeah because uh, you're your first fronts will start coming through normally the first week in um, November, and uh, so September and October that's your your feeding time for the winter. That's so right. That's what that's what we've been that's what we've been doing. We've been going into the like there's a creek down the lake. We as soon as you go in there, it opens up and there's a roadbed. It runs all the way across the, the whole thing, and they've been on that roadbed for about two weeks now and they're schooling in the morning time and um i like i've been throwing the top water a lot over them what a fun way to fish man i mean fishing top water on those schooling fish is it's just fun yeah yeah it'll keep you up at night <laughs> yeah ain't no doubt about yeah, it <laughs> thinking about that yeah getting, thinking about getting together the next day uh, but that, yeah, September and October is that's top water time. You know, I've won lots of tournaments. Uh, if they're not schooling, I mean, you can just go in their pockets and run the banks. Um, just keep that trolling motor on about six or seven and cover as much water as you can, you know, and try to catch those active fish. You know, one thing I, I like to use the uh, September and October is the whopper popper, the the big one, and um, cover water as much water as I can cover, and throw it as close to the bank as I can land that thing and start it back real fast and mm-hmm. get and I'm mean, I throw it on a flipping stick with 65 pound braid and because they normally when they hit that thing they you know four three four five six pound bass they open their whole mouth and just crush that thing so you know you you got two big trebles on there and uh, you know i just with that 65 brown buried i just keep winding and, and bring him on in and, and boat flip them you know let them play with them yeah uh, man that's a fun way that's a fun way to fish uh look look for when you go in the pockets look for balls of shad um is that i mean with me seeing these fish schooling 
that tells me that, that the bass are they're getting on that fall pattern and uh, feeding up, starting to get ready to feed up for wintertime. So their main forage is going to be shad. So I would say, you know, if you go in a pocket and you don't see any shad, uh, go to another pocket or another creek and just follow the bait. Just follow the bait. That's always good advice, man. Well, I know you got some uh, you got some of your veteran uh, fishing tournaments coming up. I think you said that thing, uh, the one you got, I think it sold out pretty quick or filled up pretty quick. So congratulations on that. Yeah, September the 18th, uh, we're going to be at Lake Weedowie uh, at 48 Bridge. Um, I'm keeping it at 20 veterans and, and 20 volunteer boaters, and uh, we got trophies for big, large mouth, big spot, and big crappie. And um, we'll have food for all the um, volunteers and all the veterans, and uh, we'll have a big raffle, tons of great prizes and um they'll get together and there's always uh a lot of these guys they'll meet each other and exchange phone numbers and you know they'll they'll be making new friends and um that's awesome it's good for them to get out yeah it's really good for them it's a great service that you provide man and and i always talk about that on here with you because it means a lot but you know if you're a listener and you and you want to uh, find out more about the program uh, that he's doing with the veterans, or if you want to donate door prizes uh, for some of his tournaments that Ken puts on or be a contributor in any way, or if you're a veteran and you want to fish one of these things or get involved and, and come up there and, and fish with Ken one day, um, what's the best way for them to, to first of all, reach you for, for the veterans uh, but also, if somebody wants that's not a veteran wants to come book a trip with you on West Point and uh, learn how to fish that lake and catch a lot of fish, give us all that contact information, Ken. Yeah, for the veterans, uh, you go on uh, VFO, short for Veterans Fishing Organization, VFO Home, H O M E dot org. If you just want to donate and be a sponsor in this event, uh, just include your business name. Uh, as a giver and we'll put you down and we'll share everything on uh lake we die life facebook page like we love lake we die like we die tournament page and we'll, we'll list all of our sponsors and so people will see that you um support your veterans and if you're a veteran that wants to go out on a trip you can go on that same page and there's a one page you, you fill it out and hit submit and that sends me an email with your info and i'll get back with you and we'll set up a day and a time if you're just uh want to come down and go fishing you can go on kenbeardenfishing.com and send me a message that way you can go to kenbeardenfishing on facebook and send me one through messenger or either kenbearden uh, on facebook through messenger any of those will get to me well, good stuff, man. Well, we appreciate what you do. I appreciate you being part of this show. Always look forward to having you on here and getting a report from you. And, uh, man, stay safe out there, and we look forward to talking to you again soon, my friend. Well, that's another awesome report, and it was brought to you by Intercoastal Safaris.
So you're at the beach and fishing just isn't quite your thing. That's fine. Let's head one hour north of Panama City Beach and shoot some bigs. Intercoastal Safaris has night vision and all-you-can-shoot ammo, and yep, they're shooting ARs. There's no trophy fees and no bag limits. Night vision pig hunts with AR-15s one hour north of the Emerald Coast. Head on over to intercoastalsafaris.com to find out more. All right, folks, that's going to wrap it up for this week. If you're enjoying the podcast, as always, please take a minute to subscribe, rate, and uh, leave us a review wherever you listen to the podcast. If you'd like us to email it to you, we'd love to do that each and every week, too. So just text the word FISHING to 314-665-1767, and we will email you the show each and every week. Stay safe out there on the water, guys. Talk to you all next week. This week's Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report was brought to you by Sun South. If your to-do list requires work on the land, come see us at Sun South. We listen to your needs so you get the right equipment and the right implements at a price you can afford. For John Deere equipment sales, parts, and service, come see us at Sun South. Equipment for those that do. And brought to you by Photonist Defense, PD Pro Ultralight Ultra Compact Night Vision Systems. Simply the best in-class night vision system ever built. Contact us at PhotonistDefense.com to learn more. Photonist Defense, Masters of Darkness. And brought to you by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. Become a better southern hunter and angler and pick up your copy today wherever fine magazines are sold or save a bundle online at greatdaysoutdoors.com. And by BM Pole Company is more than just panfish. Check out their Sam Super Salt series designed for shallow water fishing for trout and redfish at bnmpoles.com. And brought to you by Bucks Island is a family-owned and operated business since 1948. At BucksIslands.com, you can check out the full list of inventory from new and used bass, pontoon, bow rider style boats, new and used motors, as well as kayaks for sale. Give them a call at 256-442-2588. And brought to you by MB Ranch King. Save time and money when you buy MB Ranch King's maintenance-free hunting blinds. Call Kevin for info or quotes, 205-807-2937. MB Ranch King, built in the pursuit of perfection.